Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone and welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 373 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, my favorite author of The Big 50, The Men and Moments That Made the Cincinnati Reds, Chris Garber. How are you, Chris? That's me. That's me. It is you. Yeah, yeah. Doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. Do you know what I did this week, uh, this past week, Chris? Uh, Played in a ping pong tournament. (laughs) That's every week. Come on, you know me. Sorry, you didn't say you didn't say guess, did you? The answer (laughs) to your question is no. Uh, Oh, right. That's exactly right. I went to a major league baseball game. Cincinnati Reds? No, come on. You know better than that. There's other teams involved. (sighs) There were other teams involved. They're both American League teams, actually. Don't recognize it. <laughs> it's a different league. You don't need to think about it. until Junior the Junior Circuit. The Junior Circuit, right. I watched the Tampa Bay Rays and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. And uh, you know what? It was fun. Uh, tell us about uh, Tampa's uh, Tampa Dome. <laughs> so I've been there a couple times. Um, uh, but I hadn't been there in, gosh, like 17 years. And uh, it's fine. I don't dislike it as much as most people do, but just sitting in a stadium, though, and it's really loud, uh, even though it was only, you know, whatever, a quarter. I don't, know, I don't know what the attendance was, you know, a quarter full, whatever they were allowing in, spaced out. But just being in it, sitting in the stands and watching an actual major league game, I mean, it, almost a major league game. This, this was the American League. But it was it was good, man. It, it was good. It was fun. My brother and I just really got a kick out of just actually being in a stadium again so it's pretty great um now the one thing i don't i don't remember because i don't pay attention to the american league is uh is toronto still based in florida yeah i think in dunedin is is what i understand are they playing home games at at the spring training park are they playing at the Rays stadium or what are they doing that's a good question i know that the rays were the home team in this game (laughs) There's probably, I mean, there's probably a very easy answer to this question for anyone who's a baseball fan. Right. And here I am asking it. Yeah, we're barely baseball fans here. We're Reds fans, and that's barely baseball. Barely. Uh, but I will say, you should watch the Blue Jays if you get a chance, because they have this one reliever named Jordan Romano. So, okay. obviously, anybody named Romano is a good reliever. Um, but this guy, before every pit, he's, he's, he's crazy. We, we were, like, near the, the Blue Jays bullpen where we were sitting. <laughs> Welcome to the world's most dangerous Blue Jays podcast. Um and this guy was warming up, and he would like squat down before every pitch. And I thought, well, maybe just kind of get, trying to get stretched out or something. And then he went on the mound, and he would before every single pitch, he would like do this. Go look him up; it's crazy. This like squat, and the whole crowd would start yelling right as soon as he did that. Everybody screamed, "Squat!" And it just, uh, it really. I mean, I'm, you know, uh, I don't want to make too much of this, but it felt good to be in a. And it wasn't a huge crowd, obviously, but to be yeah. in, in a park and everybody kind of coming together. And I don't know, man, it was. It was it was a it was a freaking blast. That's fun. We saw the 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 uh, Blue Jays play their second to last, I think, spring training game down in Florida, and they got a they got a fun uh, bunch of guys on that team. They actually good do. players. Yeah, yeah, a bunch. All all of them are like you know second generation major leaguers, but um, <laughs> yeah, we got to talk about the Reds though, don't we? Uh, that's what they tell us. <laughs> that's what the, what it says on the package. That's what our corporate overlords are uh, are telling us. The Cincinnati Reds, you know, uh, since the last time uh, I was on the podcast, last week it was uh, Bill Lack and uh, our buddy Chris Welsh, but 
Oh, the Reds uh, lost seven in a row. Dropped the final game of the Cleveland series. Got swept by Arizona and St. Louis and just really kind of didn't look good the whole time. But then they take two out of three from the defending world champs in Los Angeles. And, and I was talking with somebody the other day and I thought my comment was just, yeah, this is kind of who this team is. They're going to be up and down. They're going to be inconsistent, but you know they're competitive most of the time. We just need to settle in for a kind of an up and down season. Is that a fair assessment of the Cincinnati Reds? Sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I, I was busy all weekend, so I paid no attention to that Cardinal series at all. Like, I, I didn't even guess there was some controversies and all that kind of stuff. But my, my son was in a baseball tournament, so I was watching a lot of eleven U action. So in my book, they had a rough series against the Diamondbacks, and then they they beat the Dodgers two out of three. So that's all that counts for me. <laughs> there you go. We just ignore those other three. I was out of uh, sight, out of mind. <laughs> I was in the state of Florida that weekend, but um, I did because I'm dedicated to our listeners here. I mean, our viewers. Uh, I did uh, kind of try to pay attention to what was going on and, and follow everything. And as yeah, the Cardinals. As if ever there's a series not to not to watch at St. Louis, get swept. No thanks. Um, but you know, again, they look bad and everybody's, it's, oh, the sky's falling and they come back and, you know, I know the Dodgers are kind of struggling right now, but still these are the world champs and, and to me, the best team in the league and they win two out of three. That's baseball. That's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, even the Cardinals games, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, wasn't like they got smoked. Yeah. They lost five to four, two to nothing and five to two. I mean, you know, that happens. Uh, Arizona, they lost the uh, what do we have here? Five to four, eight to five in ten innings, and fourteen to eleven in ten innings. So, you know, um, I just think that the, the Reds aren't really different than what I thought they were before the seven-game losing streak. They're just—it's a flawed team. And okay, whatever. They're gonna. This is we're gonna have to deal with this stuff. You know, they're gonna they're gonna go on a seven-game winning streak at some point, maybe. And just it is what it is. Um, someone someone once said. I can't remember who it was now. Uh, a team is never as good as they look when they're you know, at their best, and they're never as bad as they look at their worst. And that is exactly what we need to remind ourselves with this team, I think. I think that's probably fair. There we go. I mean, they've, right. got obvious, they've got obvious things they got to work. I mean, they got to work out this bullpen. Um, I still think Eugenio Suarez is going to be a Major League Baseball player some more. Um, so, you know, he's going to have to get things rolling, but, uh, you know, they, they've, uh, they've got a, a credible enough offense with enough different kinds of weapons now that they, they shouldn't go weeks upon weeks without scoring runs. Yeah, I think so. And we saw some of that last year, but I, I don't know. I just don't, I, I agree. I think they're, they're good enough. Let's talk about those two things you just mentioned, uh, as we, as we lead off here, uh, we'll start with the bullpen, uh, this bullpen, you know, uh, I keep Can we saying. we just talk about T.J. Antone? If we're just talking about T.J. Antone, uh, we'll be happy. <laughs> Is that okay? Let's make this a T.J. Antone cast. <laughs> Listen, can we uh, can we go ahead and talk about him, though, for real? How incredible. Hmm. I mean, have you ever seen anything like this guy who comes out of nowhere and he's got this crazazy spin rate or whatever? And, yeah, again, we're just talking about seven, uh, seven appearances, 13.2 innings pitched. But, golly, every time I watch that guy, I think, how does anybody hit him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's like full on. I'm 100% convinced he's legitimate. Like, yeah, me too. Really, really good. It's not a small I mean, sample not, size he's thing, not right? Out of nowhere, but he's also. I mean, he's a fifth round pick. It's not like he's a like some guy that 
you know, tried out for the team the other day or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's not pretend like he went from uh, playing in a beer league softball uh, league to uh, the big leagues. But man, he just, he blows me away. But man, the rest of that bullpen, I mean, you know, Carson Fulmer, whatever, he's been okay. And other than that, yikes. Uh, I guess pr- pl- the place we need to start is Amir Garrett, right? Yeah. What do we think? Avoiding it. <laughs> what do we think about Amir Garrett, who is has a twelve point two seven ERA that actually improved after his last appearance? Um, <laughs> what? Or, he's he didn't forget how to pitch. He's not hurt. He's just you know has no confidence in his slider right now, and that's kind of a bad thing for a for a baseball pitcher who comes in and has a limited amount of time to succeed. Right, right, right. My thing with Amir Garrett is that. And I said this a couple weeks ago, I think, but I like Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett's going to be fine. I think David Bell needs to pitch him. Maybe not in tight spots right now, but he, he, we don't need to send him down to the minor leagues, that type of thing. Or, you know, I guess they'd have to, I don't know if I doubt he's got options, but, uh, you know, Amir Garrett's Amir Garrett. But we sometimes we kind of get caught up in the fact that Amir Garrett is kind of boisterous and, uh, you know, he talks a lot. And I love his antics. You know, I love the way he gets excited on the mound when he strikes some guy. I love all that stuff. I'm I'm 100% in favor of guys having fun. But maybe he's a little overrated, you know? I Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I think you're right. I, I think to some degree – all right, so I, I want to start by saying don't worry that much about Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett's not J.J. Hoover. Right. This isn't the, you know, the the – Horrible, horrible, brutal end of things. But Amir Garrett is also not um, an elite pitcher. Yeah. You know, he's cool. And I think he is, his uh, his demeanor and his, his you know, willingness to, to comment on things and willingness to put himself out there, at least before. Um <laughs> Before he deleted kind of, his Twitter, yeah, kind of elevated his 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 reputation and his perception around here. Um, but you know, he's he's and he's been pretty good, yeah, for a year. You know, I mean, he wasn't real good in 2018. Now he had a he had a really good 2019, and was was pretty dominant last year in in a tiny amount of innings. But he's not top tier shutdown reliever, and we shouldn't expect him to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's a guy I want in my bullpen. I don't have, I don't have no issues with him being in my bullpen. I love the the quote unquote antics. I, I'm I'm an Amir Garrett fan. The only thing I don't like about Amir Garrett is uh, the the whole St. John's thing. But um, we just don't need to get confuse him with a top shelf reliever. And and if you think he's a top shelf reliever, you've got the burden of proof here. Because he never really has been. He's been an inconsistent reliever who I think is probably a, a somewhat above average relief pitcher who I'm happy to have in my bullpen. But, you know, he's he's far he's, worse than a Rosella Iglesias, if we're going to make a comparison. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be 29 on Sunday, and his career wins above replacement is 0.2. That's higher than mine. So it is. And like I said, I, 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 that overstates it, I think. Yeah, but um, this is not. Let me say it this way: 
There's a bigger, well, I don't know if that's true because he's got a really bad ear, right? But I was going to say there's a bigger difference between Eugenio Suarez's talent and his current performance than there is for Garrett. Well, yeah, right. I mean, I, I, see, I see where you're going with that one. I mean, uh, and we'll talk about Suarez in a moment, but I mean, Suarez has shown that he's, he's not going to be 12 all year. <laughs> right. Suarez is, is, has shown that he's, you know, uh, you know, not, not, elite necessarily, but significantly above average. Amir Garrett has shown it in a small streak. And again, maybe that's just a function of being a reliever, but he's never done anything to make me think he's other than a somewhat above average reliever who is, you know, has been inconsistent his whole career. And, you know, I don't know. Counting on him to be your closer is just, it's tough. It's just, uh, as he's shown. And I, I hate to see him going through these struggles, not just because it's causing the Reds to lose the games, but, you know, I, I mentioned he, he's evidently deleted his Twitter. I don't know, but, um, because uh, if any of my, our audience is out there uh, dishing out abuse to these players, like Amir Garrett's not trying as hard as he can to win games, it's just ridiculous. But um, yeah, like this, get a life. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, I, it's crazy. Like seriously, go get a different hobby. Like leave people alone. Yeah, I mean, if you you scream at some guy because he gave up a home run, it, it didn't make me happy that he gave up a home run. But you know, was no, he was like, he trying to make the Reds lose? If if you feel that um, you need to personally tell a major league player how you feel about their performance, um, open up a file on your computer called creedthoughts.com and write it all in there. <laughs> Excellent office reference there, yes. Or you know what? Go to the ballpark. After the game, find him and tell him. Don't do that. That's do not, not do, good advice. Do not do that. Do either. not not uh, train professional only. <laughs> well, the the point is that these you know keyboard warriors are never going to do that in real life. You know, uh, go talk to Amir Garrett. What I'm going to tell Amir Garrett is that you know, hey, you're trying. You sucked, but you're trying. Good job. Yeah. Good, good job. Good, good effort. Good job. Good effort. <laughs> um, it's not just. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Right. So I mean, I I, I mean, I think you take it back on expectations. If Amir Garrett's your closer, he's much more David Weathers than he is Rysel Iglesias. Oh, gosh, you went there. Well, I mean, Weathers was the closer, and he was what he was, and he he did a pretty good job. But you just knew you weren't going to get a guy who was going to come out and strike three dudes out on 11 pitches and head to the head to the showers. Yeah, it was going to be an adventure. Um, and, and again, this is something that I'm going to say all season long, so forgive me for repeating myself, but... Uh, uh, this is what I said on, on the Twitters, which is just, that's a garbage website. But every time you want to get mad at this bullpen for some individual pitcher screwing up, or every time you want to get mad at David Bell for bringing in the wrong reliever, direct your ire at Bob Castellini, who forced the front office to give away two functional relief pitchers, whatever you believe about them. They're better than some of these guys that are in the bullpen, which changes the whole dynamic of the bullpen. Rosel Iglesias and Archie Bradley, I'm talking about. And we can talk about how they've not done well or whatever, been injured. But the fact is, the Reds decided, not the Reds, Bob Castellini decided he was not going to pay for a bullpen. And so this is going to be a problem all season long. A- am I completely off base there, Chris? Well, I mean, I think you're, you're ignoring the presence of Noe Ramirez. But other than that, <laughs> you're right. No way. No way. Ramirez eraser. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, you know, um, do we yeah, have? Th- that's the thing. There, 
Those guys, you can say, well, Iglesias wasn't great, and you can say Archie Bradley is over whatever, whatever. Doesn't matter. Those guys were better than what they've got, and they gave them away for nothing. Well, look, it, it, when I say change the dynamic, if you have Rizal Iglesias and Archie Bradley, you don't have Camba Drosian or CNL Perez. And I think both of those guys are, are actually have a chance to be. Well, Bedrosian is no longer with us, but uh, I mean he's alive. with the Reds. Yeah, he's alive. He's, right. Yeah. Nothing tragic has happened, folks. And uh, and Cino Perez, I like his stuff. I think he can't throw strikes consistently, so I worry about that. But but again, those are guys that are not even on the major league team. And so Amir Garrett is either closer. Well, no, he maybe he's your seventh inning guy. It just it changes everything. So yep. so Blaine <clears throat> Castellini. I like it. Wasn't that a song that uh, was nominated for an Oscar uh, from South Park? Blame Castellini? <laughs> could be. It could be. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was Blame Canada. I don't know. All right. So let's tackle. I don't want to do this, but uh, well, before we before we move on to the infield, Sal Romano. Is Sal Romano, is it just time to just cut bait with Sal Romano? Uh. I I've always been low on Sal Romano. Sorry, buddy. Um, he's he's uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, has he ever done it? No, no, not in the big leagues. No, not in the big leagues. I mean, he just doesn't like most of us, and, and and he's much closer than most of us. But I just don't think he has the the stuff to pitch effectively in the major leagues in twenty twenty one. Yeah, he's he's made it there. You know, good work. Right now he's got you get him thirteen runs in ten games. Uh, that's not good for a reliever. I don't know. I just uh, he's another guy that's probably not here if we don't give away relievers for free. I hate it because he seems like a good guy, and uh, you know I was there for, uh, in the park for his uh, major league debut. That was fun. But Connecticut crowd in the in the house. Oh, it was exciting. Terribly exciting. <laughs> but uh, you know, I could, I, if his career is coming close to being over, I can always say. I was there when it started. Let him be. That's something you you got that ticket framed. <laughs> That's right. I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> All right, Gino. We got to talk about Eugenio Suarez because this is what you know. A, a week and a half ago or something, I expressed some uh, some uh, surprise that man, people started dropping into my comments, just wanting to complain about Eugenio Suarez. And I get it; he's been bad, but. <sighs> Everybody's like, ah, send him to send him to the minor leagues or just bench him or whatever. And no team on earth is going to bench Eugenio Suarez, a former All Star who has been, you know, really good, and he's had a hundred bad at bats, well, eighty eight at bats, a hundred bad plate appearances this year. And when I say bad at bats, there he's been bad. One twenty five average, two twenty eight on base, two seventy three slugging. I mean, he's just he leads the league in strikeouts right now. He led the league in strikeouts in two thousand nineteen. Of course, that year he was, you know, uh, productive. <sighs> what do we make of Eugenio Suarez? He's he's got to return to being Eugenio Suarez at some point, right? I think so. I mean, it seems there's never been, uh, <clears throat> you know, there's never been that that uh, what any explanation for this. There's never been a well. He was hurt. You know, he needs glasses. He got. Uh, you know, he ate a bad a bad fish sandwich. There's never been any explanation for like why he just kind of fell off a cliff. So I, I think he'll I think he'll be back. 
I got nothing, man. I, there's, I know. I, there's no explain. There's no explaining it. There's no rationalizing it. There's no explaining it away. I mean, he he gained weight. He lost weight. He still he was still lousy. I don't think that was it. He's he's still fun. Seems like a fun guy to he be around. He still says Jim Jim Day gratuitously, <laughs> which is probably all I need. It's my favorite thing about him, to be honest. Every conversation with Jim Day. How you doing today, Jim Day? Um, good, good night, Jim Day. That was the one he did the other day that I just. Uh, yeah, I look at his. I look at his numbers for the last two years. Last year was an abbreviated season, and he started to hit better at the end of the year. So I was like, well, maybe full season he probably comes out of, and we're fine. But his overall number's not good. And then this year, basically the last two years, what we're looking at is is eighty games at this point, so half a season, and it's a one seventy eight average, two eighty six on base, four oh nine slugging. OPS plus 78 and uh, struck out 105 times in 80 games. I mean, I, I still not can't. Not great, Bob. <laughs> not great, Bob. I can't come around to the fact that he just lost it. And I know he's, uh, it seems to me like he's, he, he hit 49 home runs in 2019. So now he feels like he's, you know, and he said it this year he wants to hit 50. I don't know if that's something to do with uh, the, you know, why he's striking out more. He's always struck out a lot. Uh, he wants to hit 50 as in like 125, his current average all the way down? Yes. He wants to keep going all the way down to a batting average of 050. 050. Again, I, we, everyone makes too much of April statistics. But sheesh, this is a bad April. And uh, I can't, I, it's getting more difficult to argue that he's going to be the Geno that we saw, you know, in 2018 when he was an all star, 2019 when he hit 49 home runs. You know, if you told me a month ago that, uh, or six weeks ago, that the Reds were going to have a shortstop hitting 125, <laughs> right? I would, I would have believed it. I would have too. Kyle Farmer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do so if if you had to to bet the ranch, you bet on him being closer to his his you know, historical average season, or. You know, what, closer to what we're seeing now. Yeah. So his average is his career average is a is about an eight hundred uh, OPS. And right. I, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, he was close to that last year, even when you look at just you strict know, OPS. Yeah. I mean, now if you look at his average of his three good years, when from 2017, 18, and nineteen, it was more like almost a nine hundred OPS. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to do that. I wish he would. Well, I mean, but maybe more like, like you know, last year is is what we're looking at. I think is the the optimistic case right now. Well, right, yeah, which is an average. Well, he was an average hitter. I, yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to say he's just average or even below average. But you know, we also need to concede that you talk about his best his best years there. He's going to be 30 in July, and so you know, I don't yeah. think his career's over. But you don't anticipate someone getting better improving at this point so we just we need to hope for a, a some resurgence but i still can't wrap my brain around the fact that he just fell completely off a cliff all of a sudden and there's no explanation that doesn't happen does it it doesn't happen i mean well here's the funny thing like you know the the, the prototypical example of, of falling off a cliff is dale murphy right that's the, the kind of the gag that dale murphy went from being an mvp level player to being out of the game. But the truth of it is Dale Murphy 
was really, really good through age 31. And then from 32 to 35, he was average. Yeah, that's like a... it wasn't, you know what I mean? It was, it was a cliff, I guess, but it landed at a pretty high plateau. Uh, right, right. Not anything like you're seeing with Suarez. Although Suarez was never at the heights that he was. But seriously, that's a that's a really good. Uh, and I, I've been waiting for 373 episodes to have a Dale Murphy conversation. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we get on to a little bit of the news of the week, can we talk just a moment about the best hitter in the Cincinnati Reds organization? Kyle Farmer. I mean, no, wait a minute. No, Jesse Winker. Man, man, you 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 could go ahead and scale that claim up a couple <laughs> a couple uh, levels. Man, is he? I mean, he's an all star, right? I mean, he's he's one of the best hitters in the league, right? Oh yeah, he's got to be an all star. I mean, he is. I don't know what kind of credit and attention he's going to get, but uh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking. I mean, he's hit, right now he's hitting 377. Again, we're just talking small samples, whatever. First month of the year. Uh, 422 on base, six home runs. But gosh, I just watched that guy, and I'm like, he he <laughs> he has an idea at the plate. And we're now talking 2020 and 2021, the last two seasons. You know, 296 average, 398 on base, 597 slugging, 154 OPS plus in basically half a season. I mean, and two and 27 years old. Those are da- those are Dale Murphy hitting numbers, by the way. There you go. Right. It's not the mid 80s anymore, but um, well, I mean. Op- PS Plus. That's that's oh, right. about how Murphy was 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 hitting against the league. Are we are we at a point where we start to think we're starting to run now now two or three years where Jesse Winker is legitimately one of the best hitters in the National League and uh, and needs to be considered a, a legit star? I think so. I think so. And what's really interesting is he's not the same kind of hitter. It's not like he's just traded doubles for home runs or something. I mean, his walk rates are like half of what they were when he came up. Yeah. At least this year. I mean, he's just seeing everything and he's hitting pitches. It's not like he's getting like pitchers are like, well, I'm just going to throw Winker at, at mistakes at this spot. He's hitting pitches high, low, in, out, all over the place. And he's hitting them all hard. Yeah, he's, uh, again, um, <laughs> he's a, he is, I think it's a good point. He's a different type of hitter than I expected coming up. I thought he was going to be more in the Joey Votto vein coming up. Not as good as Joey Votto. And the hope was that some of those doubles would turn into home runs. Um, but no, he's, I don't know. I just, I see a guy last year and this year who is just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge Jesse Winker fan, and I wonder if there's not still room for growth because he had his age 26 season kind of cut short. Um, and I, I just see a guy that looks the part, looks like a star. 190 OPS plus uh, this year. That's not bad, right? That's not bad. <laughs> Is there anyone on the team that's even close in terms of uh, being uh, having a claim on the best hitter? I mean, Nick Castellanos has been good. No issues with him, but I just, I don't know. Wink. No, I mean, Winker's miles ahead of all of them. And it, it, it's just obvious. I mean, this is an eyeball test, too. You don't have to look at the stat sheet. You just watch. I mean, Cassianos is, is a lot of fun and does a lot of damage, but he also looks bad, you know, 10 times a week. <laughs> yeah, Jesse Winker doesn't get a bad at bat very often. No. And he puts the barrel on the ball. 
Oh, Jesse Winker. All right, let's get into the news of the week uh, really quickly. Here, then we'll answer some some viewer mails. Not a lot of actual news other than just you know because they're playing games. But the Reds placed Aristides Aquino on the sixty day injured list and created a spot on the forty man roster for Vladimir Gutierrez, who uh, was suspended for eighty games for testing positive for a, a PED. So Aristides Aquino, I mean, I hate it for him, uh, but uh, I just think it's time to forget about Aristides Aquino being a piece of a good Reds team. Fair or unfair? Aquino was a, was a fun, turns out he was a fun, uh, I won't say novelty act, but he was on, you know, a fun uh, summer replacement series on TV. Right. It was a fun you month. Know, we enjoyed V quite a bit, but we didn't really want to see several seasons of V. Right. Yeah, I just... He is what he is, and I hate it. Uh, you know, again, he's a guy that I, I don't didn't mind having on the on the roster. I think he is as your fifth outfielder. He has some pop, and I like having the guy. But I don't know. This injury comes at the worst time for him when he's trying to prove that he's a, a big league a big league player. So um, he's got nowhere to go. I mean, he's got nowhere to go on this roster. Remember, they're gonna have Shogo Akiyama back soon, and that that lineup gets even tighter. Yeah, without two guys getting injured, how, I mean, how does he even, or maybe even three guys getting injured with the way Tyler Naquin's played? I yeah, just, I mean, Jesse Winker's not getting any breaks. Right, Castellanos yeah. Castellanos likes to play every every day, too. Yeah, so, well, he won't be back for a while, Aristides Aquino. Um, the Reds had a debut this week. Ryan Hendricks. You he said okay. He he looked pretty good. I just I don't know. I don't really even know why I mentioned it, but he had a he had a good inning in his first game. And welcome to Cincinnati, Ryan Hendricks. I don't know. Well, one other guy that I want to talk about before we get into some viewer mail, and there's some good questions to uh, kind of help dig into the week that was. But can we talk about Tyler Malley? Okay. You usually don't let me talk about Tyler Malley when we're together on this podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> You'll allow it this time. Oh, you sound like a judge. Um, Tyler Malley has pitched in, he started five games and he, he's 26 years old and he looks starting to look a lot like the guy he was in the minor leagues when he just got people out over and over and over. He just seen, again, I've always called him a poor man's Greg Maddox, which is not a fair comparison to Tyler Malley because nobody can be Greg Maddox, but you just watch him on the mound, and he's he feel he seems like he's comfortable. He's finally kind of learned the league a little bit. Uh, is it uh, is it crazy to say that he's the ace of this team? Yeah, that's crazy. Yes, thank you. I was, if you said otherwise, I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna yell at you. But. Uh, that's that's wrong. But uh, <laughs> but he's inching yeah. into that conversation. I I just never understand Tyler how Tyler Tyler Malley gets it done. You know, um, he just gets people out. And he, and he strikes a lot of people out too. That's the other thing. I mean, he strikes out a ton of guys, and you, you watch it, and you're like, "Well, there's not that Luis Castillo changeup, and there's you know, he just doesn't have some of the, the dominating single pitches and stuff that you see other guys." And he he lives upstairs a lot on that fastball and gets away with it. Yeah, I, but he gets him out. I agree. I can't explain it. But, you know, at his age, and again, uh, I got to keep saying this. It's early in the season. Maybe he maybe falls off a cliff and whatever. We're talking about five starts. 
but it's you, you see this progression since the time he debuted, and it's very similar to what he did in the minor leagues. And and I just I don't I look at him and, and Luis Castillo has not, has not been good. I, I'm going to presume I'm literally crossing my fingers here that Castillo is going to be the player that we expect Castillo to be. Sonny Gray's back. He's you know looked really good in his uh, start against the Dodgers over the weekend, and, and I expect Sonny Gray to be Sonny Gray. And if this team is going to have any level of success, having Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, and Tyler Malley, having having Gray and Castillo be who we expected them to be, and having Tyler Malley taking that like step up, all of a sudden that's as, that's as good a top three as you're going to see in, in the most organizations. And you know, um, Malley's not the ace, but gosh. Wouldn't it be something if he yeah. challenged for that? How good would that be for the team? It would be pretty great. And then, you know, obviously you're shortchanging Cy Young candidate Wade Miley. Well, you know, let's talk about Wade Miley. Wade Miley's, Wade Miley's fine. He's a, Wade Miley's doing all right. I mean, he's being he's good, but Reds fans, like, just dumped on him because he was awful in, what, you know, a handful of innings when he was injured. Last year, Miley is just—he's not a superstar. You've already given him the Cy Young Award, but um, as a fourth or fifth starter, I, do you have any issues with Wade Miley? No, no. I mean, the funny thing—I mean, Wade Miley's—he's not pitching all that much better than he did last year. He's just getting a lot better luck and kind of sequencing things a little more fortuitously. But he's fine, and I also like Wade Miley pitches fast. I can get the game over in under four hours. <laughs> right. Oh man, he does pitch fast. He's he's got some Tom Browning in him in that way. Castillo, are we worried? This is a, a version of the the Suarez conversation. Yeah, I think it's the same conversation. I mean, I, I I am worried, but I don't know what to do about it. Just yeah, sit he, here and fret. <laughs> just just you do a lot of fretting, don't you? I fret. I pine. I fuss. Castillo is not as good, and he has this thing about you know cold weather, whatever. But he's, ugh, I don't know. I think he's gonna be fine, but I can't. I don't think he's pitched in a whole lot of cold weather, has he? Well, some, yeah, not not. A, I mean, April's went colder than most months. Uh, do the Reds actually play in September or October? They play in September, I think, right? Like this year, or just generally speaking? And just generally, general. They don't play in October, I know. Do they play in September? It gets a little cooler in September. I can't. I can't remember. <laughs> it does. I think they had. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's something to watch. I don't know. Again, same with with, with Suarez. Just they've been bad. But first month of the season, small sample size, whatever. Um, Jeff Hoffman. Sure. <laughs> exactly. He's just Jeff, Jeff. Hoffman someday will be a, a, a jersey you see on somebody's back and give it a chuckle. <laughs> right, right. You're going to pick that up in a, like a random mystery bag at Reds Fest some year. Uh, let's see. Um, I don't know. I think probably at this point the best thing we can do is to dive into viewer mail, Chris Garber. Are you upset? It. Are you upset with that idea? You tell me. Oh, every, I love it. Every time we talk, you say, I don't want to do viewer mail this week. Why do you do that? I do. I see heck with those guys yeah i don't uh you don't like your adoring public one thing i have I to do like is patrons patreon ons <laughs> exactly it's been a couple weeks since i've been here so we got a few uh new members of the family things are since the season started people are getting excited about red leg nation radio 
So we've got to get some some thank yous before we get started with your mail to a few of our newest newest friends uh, and members of the family. So let's run through these, uh, and we're going to do it kind of quickly. Chris, I want you to tell me which position these guys are playing on our beer league softball team. First is, first is Chad Swint, S-W-I-N-T. I like the first name, Chad. Are you a Chadwick? If you are, you're, it's even better. He's a Chad. He's a Chad thingy. <laughs> Chad Swint, newest member. Chad, thank you so much for joining the family. What position is Chad Swint playing? Short stop. If it's Chad, he's got to. Uh, do you like the memes about Chads? I don't like them. I don't approve of them. <laughs> is it is it Chad like the 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 admirable guy, or at least in some way? No, not any Chads I know. Oh, I thought that, I mean in the meme. I think in the meme it's a it's like a you know kind of like a a preppy guy. It's not really not the word. That's a, like, that's, you're the guy ki- kicking sand in people's face at the beach, right? Is, is that what a Chad is? Some of the, I, some, I think some of you kids out there are going to have to explain that. What and, and what's a meme? Um, I don't I'm know, just likes them. I'm just an unfrozen caveman lawyer. I don't understand your world. Uh, Chad, okay, you're a shortstop because you have the name Chad, and so Yahoo. Chad, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Next is Jackson Lotta, L-A-T-T-A. That's got to be Lotta, right? Or is it Latte? L-A-T-T-A? Yeah. Latta? Lotta? Latta? Lotta? I'm going to say Latte because you could, that's a long A at the end. You could say Latte. I like a Latte. I don't really like a Latte. Jackson Lotta. If we pronounce that wrong, I'm sorry. Just yell at me and tell me how to pronounce it, but... Jackson Lotta. What position is he playing? Um, third. Third? Jackson. Yeah. Okay. I think he's a left-handed pitcher okay. on, on the 1988 Reds. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He's I fighting with... he was a, uh, a, a power-hitting third baseman. No, I just think in 1988, um, he's, he's competing with Oral Hershiser for an MVP. All right. I like it. Yeah. Left-handed pitcher, number 23, Jackson Lotta. Lotta. Uh, a lot of thanks to you, Jackson, for joining the family. Rex Scott. Rex Scott does not even play on the Beer League softball team. I'm sorry. He's on our uh, our touring basketball team in the offseason. I like it. Three-point shooter? Yeah. 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 Shooting guard. Uh, he's got some hops, though. So Rex Scott is on the basketball team. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're having to start a new team because we have like so kind many... of a cross between Rex, cross between Rex Chapman and Byron Scott, really. Exactly. What the game's like exactly. So, so good defensive player, big time hops, good shooting guard. Rex Scott, we had to start a new team for you. Uh, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us, Sean Stormer. Oh, I, I, I hate where my mind went with this one, Sean Stormer, S T O R M E R. He's an unreliable David Weathers. closer. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Stormy Weathers. Uh, I'm sorry, Sean. We love you, but you are a you're our. Uh, I, I learned from George Grand that his nickname was Stormy. Yeah, right. Good old George Graham. Yeah, you're a you're a good enough relief pitcher. Probably shouldn't be a closer. Probably should be a middle reliever. But really happy to have you on the team, Eddie Maria. Eddie Maria. Thank you, first of all, Eddie, for joining us. What is Eddie Maria? Uh, he's on the mound. You think so? Yeah, that sounds like a, that's a yeah. relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. 
Is he a big fan of the uh, the country supergroup Brooks and Dunn? I don't know. Is that a, <laughs> do they have a song called Eddie Maria? They have a song called My Maria. Oh, that's Brooks and Dunn? That is Brooks and Dunn, Country Music you Artist of the Year, on, four straight years. Radio sometimes. Um, okay, so a pitcher, reliever or starter? Uh, uh, reliever. Okay. Wasn't there an Eddie, a reliever the Reds got one year? Eddie Guardado? Yeah, yeah, Eddie Guardado. Yeah, he was a twin. So, Eddie. Was he really? He was a twin. For, I think he made the All-Star game as a twin. Oh, a Minnesota twin. I thought you meant he had a brother that looked like him. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I, I meant. Swear to God. <laughs> I swear I thought that's what you meant. And I was going to go into a whole thing about, about how'd you like to be a twin and have your brother in the major leagues and et cetera, et cetera. Never mind. That would Never mind, as you say. <laughs> uh, we go off the rails every time. Yeah, that would stink to have, to have a twin. Whole show. Um, Eddie, thank you so much for joining us. You're a really good relief pitcher that we can trust in like the seventh inning. And the last one, I think there's only one place this person could be. Greg Molly Sr. M-A-H-L-A-E. M-A-H-L-E. Greg Molly Sr. Uh, doesn't sound like a pitcher to me. <laughs> There's never been a pitcher named Molly, right? right. Greg, are you, uh, are you a related Tyler? Because we've been complimentary of Tyler for many years. I don't know. So he's a starting pitcher. He's a, he's a number three starter, but... Um, some certain podcasters call him an ace. He's like Ken Brett. <laughs> He's like Ken Brett. The, the references on this, my references on this show are getting older and older. <laughs> no, I worry about the kids that are listening because there are a few kids evidently. They're not going to get most of these. All right, all, Greg, thank you. And the re- all of you, thank you. If you want to join us, patreon.com slash redlegradio. I'm really gratified by all the people that have been joining lately and the, the conversation on the Slack channel is just amazing. I have a really good time. So thanks to all of you. Let's get into viewer mail. First, come from our, first question comes from our friend Joey Gaditza, our buddy from up north in Canada. Good day, gentlemen. Hope you're both excellent. Tucker Barnhart is hitting 302 and Tyler Stevenson 359. Both are above average defenders. Both are capable of hitting the big fly. Are they currently the best backstop tandem in MLB? Um, that makes me just think of them riding a two-person bicycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would be. They would be the best on a tandem bicycle. As baseball awesome. players, mm, they may have been the best in April of 2021. Uh, listen, is Tucker Barnhart? The hitter we've seen, is Tyler Stevenson an above-average defender? I don't know that we know the answer to either of those yet. Tucker Barnhart has been great. He has been fantastic in his 60-plate appearances so far this year, and I hope he keeps hitting like this. His history doesn't show that he does hit like this, but I'm, you know, you can have some complaints. I have no complaints about the, the catching uh, tandem bicycle this year, right? No, I'm I'm all they're they're great. I don't I don't know who the best is, but uh, those guys are pretty good. Here's what I see with these two. They're fine. I, I I've got no problem with this uh, with this catching tan, especially if Barnard can hit just a little bit to to compensate for. I mean, he's always been a good defender, but his batsman. I just we're on this kind of inevitable path where. I see people complain about Barnhart playing more than Stevenson and give the give the kid a chance. I see, you know, Barnhart getting 60% of the play appearances, Stevenson getting 40%, and we're just kind of on this path where that's going to shift. And Stevenson's going to get 60, and Barnhart's going to get 40. And that's going to be fine. They're, 
They're perfectly, to use a, a, a term Chris likes to use here on the podcast, perfectly cromulent catching tandem. You mentioned the tandem bicycles. Do you prefer the tandem bicycle or that uh, like 1890s, you know, bicycle with a big, huge front wheel? <laughs> we we saw somebody riding one of those a couple weeks ago, and I almost crashed a car. <laughs> you did not see someone he, ride one of those. He was over by the Columbus Zoo. There's like a bike path way out by the, the road by the Columbus Zoo, and we came around the corner, and this dude was just <laughs> pedaling along, happy as can be, on a Sunday afternoon. Oh, it's wonderful. My kids are screaming out the window, look at that, look at that. <laughs> I'm in Florida last week, and I see a guy who's on a bicycle. With two, the two wheels are exactly the same um, size, but the seat was like four feet elevated, and the and the the the, the handlebar. Oh, I saw that guy. Four feet elevated. How do you, he's riding in traffic? He's moving yeah, down, in and out. Down in, I saw that guy in the the beach in St. Pete. Oh my gosh, like I was in St. Pete, south of uh, Clearwater. I saw him yeah. in St. Petersburg. I saw that dude. Yeah, I saw that guy last month. No he had, way! He had, like cut, he had cut the handlebars and the and the bicycle seat post, and welded in, like another. No, he like he put it. He welded in like another bike on top, right? Yeah, yeah. You blow my mind. Yes, yeah, yes. It was like two bicycles stacked on top of each other, and he with a with a pole, two poles connecting them, and dude was riding like six feet off off the ground just riding around like a, like it was normal yeah he's way above all the other cars and he was like darting in and out i was like what is going on <laughs> oh. yeah. i love that guy you can see him you can see him from real far off <laughs> yeah you can see him coming i liked him even better than the guy so i'll just walking down the road with a big like, i don't know some kind of huge long snake around his neck just walking along that was an ebor city in tampa just you know walking down the street snake yeah, around man. his neck as you do all right, uh, good question there, Joey. Let's move on to Rex Scott's question. Rex, the only member on our off-season barnstorming basketball team. All right, so I was in elementary and middle school during the years of the Big Red Machine. My favorite player was Dave Concepcion. He was consistent, dedicated, and you could count on him in the clutch. On a team with outsized personalities, he was a steady workhorse. Career member of the Reds, all-star nine times. His stats as a Red earned him admission to our team's Hall of Fame, but I think his role on one of the greatest MLB teams ever warrant consideration for Cooperstown. What's the case to be made for David to be in the Hall of Fame? Why hasn't he been admitted yet? And what paths for admittance are left for him? Uh, I will stand behind no one in my love for Dave Concepcion. Nine-time All-Star, five-time Gold Glover, a couple of Silver Sluggers. At one point, was uh, you know, put it, he climbed into a, a dryer, and Tony Perez turned it on. One of my favorite stories. Um, I just I can't make a case for him as a Hall of Famer. Can you, Chris? Not anymore. You know, I think back when um, when he was playing and just wrapping up his career, he was one of the top hitting shortstops by by far, honestly, of his era. But as the the position changed and the game changed and Guys like Cal Ripken and then Nomar Garcia-Para and Alex Rodriguez and Derek Jeter came along. Um, you know, Concepcion's numbers just didn't didn't look that great. And uh, and I think there's probably a little bit of big red machine fatigue. Possibly is that a is that yeah. a way to describe it? Mm -hmm. Where you know Perez is kind of a borderline Hall of Famer anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, no, no question. You know, um, I love Concepcion, uh, but I look at the uh, Jay Jaffe's a baseball writer. He created this what's called a Jaws system. That kind of kind of looks at what it takes to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, what gets you election to Hall of Fame and compares players. It's it's, it's more intricate than that, but. He has Concepcion rated as the 46th best shortstop of all time, which, if you think about it, all the people that played shortstop in the big leagues, that's pretty doggone good. It's not a criticism of Dave Concepcion to say that he's not a Hall of Famer. He's like Hall of Very Good. 40.1 career wins above replacement. Here's who uh, the jaw system has him behind Dick Bartell, who I've never heard of, played it 1927-1946, behind Raphael Furcal, Andrelton Simmons, Rico Petroselli of the Red Sox and uh, and a guy that I think is it's a joke to consider Omar Vizquel a Hall of Famer in my mind. It's a complete joke. He's not even close. And under the the jaw system, which determines, you know, which is a way to look at who's a good candidate for the Hall of Fame, Vizquel's ahead of Concepcion. Now I would give me Concepcion any any day, but I don't know. I just think he's on the wrong side of whatever that line is. He's on the wrong side of it, and that's not. The average shortstop in the Hall of Fame, 67.5 wins above replacement. Dave Concepcion, 40.1. I mean, again, it's it's not it's not a it's not a criticism to say he's not quite good enough. He was really good, right? Just not good enough. I agree. Did you literally just agree with me? I did. Simply and completely. Gosh. What a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. All right, next question comes from our friend Mike Perry. I'm going to give this one to you, Chris Garber. It seems like people are polarized about their opinions of David Bell. He's the Reds manager. Some say he's Thank prepared. you. <laughs> Some say he's prepared, analytical, and makes good choices. I know Red Lake Nation Radio has been more critical of Bell's managerial performance, though. What grade do you think Nick Crawl, Reds general manager Nick Crawl, would give David Bell? And how much longer do you think Bell will manage the team? What do you think? In, incomplete. Incomplete. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is. You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. I don't know. I mean, I. I. Uh, I, I think I'm higher on David Bell than a lot of Reds fans are. I, I don't see. He does things that don't work out, but I don't see anything like completely bonkers. Or maybe I'm just getting older and pay less attention. But there's nothing about David Bell that makes me think he's you know, actively harming the team, which is kind of the most you can ask for compared to, you know, a lot of managers. Um, before we C plus C plus, that's not a great, not a great, uh, not a great, great. Uh, Chris just sent me a, a picture of this guy on the bike. I don't think it's the same guy. I don't I think, think it's the guy either, guys. but the bike looked a lot like that. <laughs> Gosh, it was wonderful. Um, I started out by thinking, when Mac, when David Bell was uh, was hired, and early on, I was like, "Well, this is a guy that really kind of is open to you know analytics and thinking outside the box." And I've gotten more and more disappointed the longer he's been around. Um, I think that if okay, if the Reds, well, I don't think the Reds are going to fire him this year now because it's going to require paying him for the rest of the year and also paying another manager. I don't see Bob Castellini doing that. I give him a, a C minus probably, so we're not that far apart. But um, it just he—it seems to me he wants to remind everybody that he's in the park too often. 
and he makes moves for the sake of making moves. And, and, and I've always said at when, when in his career has his team ever outperformed expectations? Never, not once. And usually this season, maybe not, but usually they've underperformed expectations. Well, even this year you could argue it. So I just, he's just a guy and he does. I don't see any reason to think he's talented as a manager. Um, I mean, I think if the Reds, if the Reds are you know ten games under five hundred at uh, the All Star break, maybe he gets fired. But I think he probably finishes the t- finishes the season. I don't see him getting fired. Do you? Nope. Rock on. Joe Farsing asks this question at patreoncom slash Radio. Misters Dotson and Garber. Messers. It says Misters. I wish. I wish. Yeah. All I right. Like it. I don't. I never understand how you pronounce that, but I always liked it. I agree. Word. Are Rod and Todd Flanders appearances based? <laughs> Already enjoying it. I know, me too. Are Rod and Todd Flanders? These are uh, characters on The Simpsons. This is a television program, animated, animated television program. Are Rod and Todd Flanders appearances based off Ron Oster and Ron Robinson? <laughs> he says, seriously. <laughs> Check out Oster's 1982 Donruss card. Now, I want you to, I've already looked at it. I want you to go look up Ron Oster's 1982 Donruss card and uh, <laughs> and look at it. I think you may have a point, Joe. Ron Oster and Ron Robinson, Rod and Todd Flanders. I love it. Um, he has a follow-up question. By, by the way, Ron Oster, what do we think about Ron Oster? I think he looks more like a Duke boy in that picture than he does any sort of... Uh, Young, good, young religious child. Just the good old boys. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you ever saw. Been in trouble with the law. He's got his hat on under his helmet. Does he? He does, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, see, that's a move that I used in Little League. You don't see that sure, much this, sure. this often that's a, that's, these days. That's a, that's a Little League move. Did I ever tell you about the guy in Little League whose uh, head was so big they had to remove the padding from the helmet so he could get it on his head? <laughs> <laughs> that's safety, right? Oh, it's beautiful. I, I always hear the legend of the guy who, uh, who the, like the high school, high school has to go buy a special football helmet from some sort of big and tall head store, right. some industrial strength helmet store. Uh, yeah, this this kid, yeah, twelve years old. We don't care about your safety, but we're told we have to put a helmet on you. Let's just take all the padding out. It'll it'll fit over the, your huge melon. Joe has a, a second question, follow-up. Why does grape nuts contain neither grapes nor nuts? What is the deal with grape nuts? Genius that came up with that one. <laughs> Why do you park on a driveway and drive on a parkway? Oh. That's pretty good. I can almost see the white tennis shoes. <laughs> right, yeah, I know, right? Eddie Maria. Eddie asks, as you probably know, a person can donate a kidney and still live a normal life. I did not know that. Did you know that? Uh, I've heard it. I have heard it as well. Since between the two of you, there are two up for grabs, so we each have a kidney we're willing to donate, evidently, in this scenario. Which two of these three people are you going to donate yours to? So it's three people here. We have two kidneys to give out. Who do we give them to? Tom Brenneman, Bob Castellini, or David Bell? Come on. You say come on, but I don't know what your answer is to this. I don't like this game. I don't, I don't really like this game either. I'm giving one to David Bell because I don't fundamentally object to David Bell. I think he's a bad manager, but I I'll have get... two. How many do I? One for you and one for me. Yeah. So I'm giving mine to David Bell. Who are you giving yours to? 
<laughs> Whoever that needs it more. I don't know. There's hey. some sort of process for this. Bob Castell- I'm giving it to Bob Castellini because he can probably pay for it. He'll give me a lot of money. Like old kidney. <laughs> oh, Michael Henry, Michael Jordan Henry, given Shogo Akiyama's imminent return to the Major League team in the crowded outfield, what do you do with Nixon Zell? He's currently the third worst hitter on the team by OPS+. Plus. Do you play him off the bench, sharing time with Akiyama and Naquin, Tyler Naquin, or do you option him down to AAA so he can get regular bats? He's down there drinking ketchup if it's me. Really? You're sending... Optional site. Alternate site. You're sending Sinzel down? He had four hits. Yep. Three of those, mm-hmm. I think it's Clayton Kershaw. Uh-huh. Nah, you're out of your mind. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, let me ask you this. You're taking Shogo Akiyama or Tyler Naquin over Nick Sinzel? Um, no. I'm taking Shogo Akiyama over Nick Sinzel, and I want Nick Sinzel to play every day rather than sit on the bench next to... Uh, Taylor Naquin. Okay. And that's not unreasonable. I get where you're going, but what have you seen from Shogo Akiyama that makes you believe he has a better chance of being successful than Nick Senzel? And I, I love Shogo Akiyama. I'm excited to see what he can do if he's ever healthy. But uh, but answer me answer me that one. Riddle, riddle me that or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think, well, I mean, number one, he has many years of professional baseball experience where he has been pretty successful. Um, was it like in another, another country or something? You know, well, it's, it's, um, at least he's, you know, there's no casts being worn when he's playing in those games. Um, and then, you know, what'd he do the last month of the season last year? 317, 456 on base. Uh, I don't know that Sinzel has a month like that in the majors. No, you're right. You're right. This Sinzel's a, and I've been, spoken glowingly about Nixon Zell, but he's uh, another example of at some point you got to grab the brass ring. I always say you got to perform. You do, you do always say that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you've been on this podcast with me many times. You know that I repeat myself all the time. Yep. I, I will. I, I will. I also uh, amend my statement because Nixon Sinzel did have a, a pretty good month. His like second month in the major leagues. Uh, exactly. So you're you're starting to backtrack is what you're telling me. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm wrong. I still I don't know. I I just don't feel like he's he's where he would want to be to be successful right now. So I would probably give him a give him some time. Okay. Uh, and listen, I, I you know I understand that sentiment. I just look at it like Shogo Akiyama, Tyler Naquin, Nixon Zell. Who's got a chance of being a real player? It's between Senzel and Akiyama, and I like Taylor Naquin. I, I'm happy that the Reds have him. He's been fantastic uh, by and large so far as a, as a bench bat, basically. I just, I don't know, I'm not ready yet to give up on the ceiling that Senzel still may have. And, and maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe I'm deluded. I will concede that. But um, You'll be shocked to know he's going to turn 26 years old in a month or two months. Okay, but, but do you hear what you just said? He's 25. Yeah. Do we give up on kids? At 25? No, but I, I don't know that he's like like guaranteed a spot in the lineup. Listen, st- stop being correct. <laughs> okay? I'm sick of it. All right. We wrote a stupid book, and I had to defer to you every time because you were correct. <sighs> <laughs> Michael Henry also asked, what's the rationale for ever starting Kyle Farmer ahead of Alex Blandino? There, there's no. Uh, is there a rationale? Yeah. 
I mean, other than like every they they all have to start every now and then to stay stay fresh and ready to play. I'm not going to lose any sleep over how much one of those guys plays versus the other. Right, uh, blending is better, I think. But I mean, we're talking about you know the last couple guys on the roster. So, although I, I'll, again, I like Blandino. He can pitch too. He's playing pretty well. Yeah, no, he gets on base. I, I like Blandino. I, I don't. I don't see any situation where I've got two. I got to decide between Blandino, Blandino and Farmer, and I'm picking Farmer. But there are other there are other things you need to consider. Which again, got to play Farmer sometimes and. You know, there's position, uh, which position we're trying to fill today. Maybe you choose Farmer. I don't know. I'm not a, I feel like I slam Kyle Farmer a lot on here. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to do that. Seems like a nice guy. He searches his own name on Twitter. That's, that's always a Does good he? sign. Oh, that's not, a, that's not a good look. Yeah, he's one of those guys. So uh, That I didn't know. I, I, I'm fine with Kyle Farmer. Yeah, he's, he's fine. Phil Thompson. Do you think there's any chance we'll sign Jesse Winker to a long-term deal before season's end? If we did, what do you think the terms of the contract would look like? Here's what I'll say. I, and I'm never good at this. What do the terms look like? I'd sign him for as many years as you can sign him. I, I, I think you want Jesse Winker around as long as you keep him around. I don't see any reason he's going to be for the next, you know, five, six, seven years. He's going to hurt your team. Uh, and so I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna answer the question of the terms of the contract because I just I don't I don't know what that it changes we don't know what the financial situation of the teams are what would be fair what would be not fair but I'll say this the Reds should be if if and I don't trust Bob Castellan to do this because it's going to require him to spend money but man this would be a perfect opportunity to really be pressing Winker and Tyler Malley to and and, and probably Luis Castillo right now to sign deal multi year deals anybody else you'd add into that or do you disagree with any of those three. No, I think that's good. I, I, I would, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Winker's long-term a first baseman, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. They don't ever play him there or work him out there, but yeah, he's a perfect first baseman. Yeah. To take I, over for Votto. I would, uh, I would support it. Uh, Tyler Malley, you sign him? Uh, I don't know. I'm always like, the pitchers, I'm always a little, uh, yeah, a little hesitant. I'm a little hesitant. You know, I mean, a lot of people would rather we signed Anthony DiScofani last year, and I don't know that how that would have worked out long term. Remember his nickname was Disco? Yeah. That's yeah, fun. I that, that guy. That's fun. I like Disco. Donna Summer. The BGs. Anyway, uh, yeah, I do think there's a chance we'll sign Winker to a long-term deal before the season's in, but I don't know what the chances is because chances are because that's going to depend on whether Bob Castellini has decided to, uh, you know, um, not invest in another vacation home and instead invest in his team. <laughs> you know, he has multiple vacation homes and a private jet. Did you know that, Chris? No, no, I didn't know that. It's true. It's true. Really, I didn't know he was. He's 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 wealthy. Yeah, he's. He's wealthy. Well, then, you know, that should be um, – the Reds should be pretty good then if they've got an owner who's got all that money. Yeah, you'd think, wouldn't you? You could get, like, shortstops and relief pitchers and what have you. Oh, man, be great. Would you like to have what have you on your team? I would like to have what have you. Third base. See? See? Um, Kyle Kapler, your answer may not be too shocking – 
But who's the leading candidate to be the 2021 Obscure Former Red of the Year? Now, you and I have had this conversation <laughs> about Obscure Former Reds. It was one of the most fun conversations oh, I've had on this I podcast. That. I could do that every time. I could, too. Uh, you know, who's in the who's in the mix? Max Schrock is certainly in the mix. I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, um, your boy Hoffman there. Jeff Hoffman could be in that mix. Mark Payton. He's got seven plate appearances this year. He's probably in that mix. Um, Heath Hembry. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll see. We'll see. I'm giving it to Max Schrock at this point. Uh, he's got the best name for it, for sure. Oh, man. Just an incredible name. Max Schrock. Uh, good question, Kyle Kapler. I don't remember what position we gave you, but I hope we gave you a pitcher because, uh, you know, initials KK. We need to uh, – that's a, that's a pitcher I want out there. Um, Richard Stallard, my buddy Richard Stallard, asked this question. Who would be your favorite starting nine in your Reds watching years? Um, with the big red machine years 70 to 79 excluded, he says, so which that wasn't my Reds watching years. So not the best, but just the favorite. Favorite starting nine. Let's run around them really quickly. First base, Joey Votto. Oh, so it's like I get to I get to have a whenever I want, or it's it's not a uh, like not the, the 1986 Reds. No, it's just since the big red machine, basically for us. Who's okay. Your, okay. Who's your, who, not the best, but just your favorite at each position. Now, do I have? Can I take your? Um, yes. Can I say a Joey Votto? I don't have to say like Todd Benzinger since Votto's taken. <laughs> All right. No, we can say the same one. Okay. All right, ready? One, two, three. Joey Votto. Joey Votto. <laughs> All right, second base. One, two, three. Um, <laughs> Max Schrock? Um, um, hold on. Uh, Bill Doran. I started to think Bill Doran. Uh, I'm going to go D'Angelo Jimenez. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> second base? Uh, I want to say Brandon Phillips, but I can't I really don't. pull the trigger on that. Yeah. It's favorite. Sorry. It's favorite. I'm going to go with uh, Mariano Duncan. That's good. That's I was going to go with him or, or Bill Doran. Uh, shortstop, this is an easy one, right? Paul Yanish. Felipe Lopez. <laughs> oh, boy. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> Barry Larkin. Okay. Third base. Buddy Bell. Not really? I don't know. Favorite? <laughs> my favorite. Chris Sabo, right? Mm -mm. That's my favorite. Didn't do it for me. He, okay. So who's yours? He was, he was crazy. <laughs> Buddy Bell, really? I was a big Buddy Bell fan. Okay, there you go then. He was like the first guy that came back to the Reds who was like, you know, worth anything. <laughs> you were literally the first person on planet Earth that ever said these these words. I was a big Buddy Bell fan. Nah. Come on, you were. But your, but your Reds manager, David Bell, said it. Oh, that's true. Um, no, nah, Sabo is the answer there. For me. I'm not I'm not right. I'm I'm not casting aspersions on your choice. Outfield, three outfielders. Um well, Davis is obviously number one. Eric Davis is in my Eric three. Eric Davis. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesse Winker might be in my favorite three. Wow. Kevin Mitchell. Kevin Mitchell. Okay. I'm going with Eric Davis. Oh, Adam Dunn. I forgot about Adam Dunn. Adam Dunn. Yeah, Adam Dunn is in mine. And I think I may say, I want to say Eddie Milner, but I'm not going to. Um, or Gary Redis. Jay Bruce. Here's who's between Jay Bruce, um, Billy Hamilton, and uh, Dave Parker, I think, and Kevin Mitchell. Those are my four. So I'm taking six outfielders. All right. All right. Uh, catcher. 
Ryan Lavarnway. Ryan Lavarnway. Not even close. Uh, pitcher? Oh, uh, Jose Rio, I think. Mario Soto for me. All right. It's either, it, to me, it's either Rio or Cueto. Oh, Cueto. Oh, I might I just be... like who I enjoyed the most. Yeah. I'm, I'm, no, I'm going, I'm sticking with Soto, but Cueto is, uh, is close. That's a fun, uh, that's a fun conversation. Maybe it yeah. could be a longer conversation. All right. Chuck Nichols asks, thanks for the question, Richard. Chuck Nichols asks, hi guys. Glad to see Chad is back from Hawaii. No, it was Florida. Oh, he means that I was on the Red, Reds Alert podcast with the Hawaiian host. Um, can we all just take a moment and appreciate how awesome Jesse Winker has been this year? I'm really excited to see the back of his baseball card at the end of the season. We can take a moment for that, I think, right? Let's do it. Take another moment. You literally put him in your top three favorite Reds outfielders of your well, lifetime. That's a recency bias, but yeah. Gosh, he's getting up there. He, he's fun. Good personality. Can flat out hit. Oh, I'm... Can, can I say something about baseball cards right now? <laughs> Dude, you know, how long have we doing this podcast? You don't have to ask. The answer is always yes to that question. Do you know you can't get baseball cards right now? Why not? I bought some uh, they're, weeks they're, ago. I don't know. That, I don't know if, if Topps is, is short on them or if Topps is trying to create scarcity or if people are hoarding them all up, but they're they're almost impossible to get. Supposedly, uh, the, the, the kids these days are waiting outside Target when they the truck rolls in, the, the Topps truck. You know, this is true. It's not kids, though. It's 40-year-old men. Yeah, and then they, they put them in a binder. <laughs> right. I think that's what But no, I don't. I, yeah, seriously, we were looking to get uh, some baseball cards for my kid's birthday, and uh, they found five packs at five below. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, you're right. It's a, There's a run on baseball cards these days, and I don't know whether it's scarcity or what, but uh, the, the sports card market is, is booming. And I actually did buy some. Uh, I saw some. I was at a, at a Walmart. You've heard of the Walmart, right? Well, sure. And sure. I, I saw, and I said, oh, I'm going to buy a pack just because it's, it's fun to buy a pack. And mm-hmm. I got Roselli Glacius in, in the pack, so I was happy. In a Reds uniform? In a Reds uniform, yes. Terribly exciting. Tops Heritage. I like that set. Um, so you weren't oh, able to get the, any? What are the Tops Heritage, oh, sorry, what are the Tops Heritage uh, look like this year? Uh, I can't remember which year, you know, they, they mimic a, a previous year. They're pretty cool. I can't remember exactly which, uh which year it was. I'll have to send it to you. I took a picture of it because that's what I do. I take pictures of every baseball card I get. No. John Majewski asks, is it time for Eugenio Suarez to start drinking beer again? His start to the season is yet another reason to never, ever believe he's in the best shape of his life. Spring training hype. Uh, (laughs) It's a great question. That is brilliant. I just want to let that sit there a little while. (laughs) It is time for him to start drinking beer again, right? I think so. I mean, I, I always would recommend that for performance reasons, but uh, he clearly needs to change something up. It doesn't enhance my performance, but maybe it will with him. I don't know. All right, one more question here, Chris. Good question, by the way, John. I love it. Uh, Risto Neely, Chad and Chris, I distinctly remember a Sunday afternoon at Crosley Field in 1963 watching a rookie second baseman play against Sandy Koufax and the Dodgers. Much as I've sit in front of my television in 2021 watching a rookie second baseman playing against uh, Urias and the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. Both of these rookies have captured the attention of the press, the fans, and their teammates by their play on the field in the batter's box. Helmets um, flying off. <laughs> helmets flying off everywhere. I'm wondering if by some strange possibility history could repeat itself. I'm sure both of you know the two players I'm referring to. Your thoughts, please. I, who's he talking about? Uh, Kyle Farmer and D'Angelo Jimenez. 
Don Blazin game, and uh, he's referring to the, the uh, disgraced former Cincinnati Red Pete Rose and uh, John India, current Reds uh, second baseman. Not yet disgraced second baseman. No, he's graced. Jonathan India, he's graced. Yes. Um, look, uh, I, I'm I'm excited about what Jonathan India has done, and I think the last time you and I were on this podcast, we kind of poo pooed uh, the idea that India was going to be great. And it's not like he's been a superstar. Maybe a little, a little bit of poo. A little poo. A little poo. Um, lots of poo on this uh, podcast, usually. He's been... He started out hot. His numbers are not good right now. Um, here's the difference. But if we're going to talk about the difference between Jonathan India and Don... I mean, uh, Pete Rose. <laughs> Jonathan India debuted at age 24. Pete Rose debuted at age 21. That's a big difference. And in his age 20, uh, he, he was had, almost 22. He was, yeah. Al- he was, yeah, just a few days from 22 now. Look at it. But he had a good season. He was roughly an average hitter at age 22. We'll say, um, if Jonathan and he can be an average hitter at 24, that'd be fantastic. I love it. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, he's not an average hitter right now, but he's learning the league, whatever he's, te- he has some talent. Um, Jonathan India needs to play to 2045. I want to point that out right now. 2045 <laughs> to be to be play as long as Pete Rose did, uh, at which point he will be 49 years old. Yeah, right. Uh, he's going to need, well, how many hits does he have now? 16. So he's got uh, 4,240 to go. You're pooing yeah. again. I am pooing, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know it's fun. India's fun. He's cool. Yeah, you know, Rose was. I mean, Rose was a, had a really good minor league career too. I mean, he didn't. He didn't uh, just show up. I mean, he he tore the cover off the ball at uh, at Tampa and Macon in '61 and '62. So he was. You know, I doubt they had top prospect lists before, back then, but Rose would have been really high up there. I think. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's. Uh, what did uh, Sparky say about? Uh... Thurman Munson, don't, don't embarrass that young man by comparing him to John Bench. Mm. Um, Indy can still be a really quality player, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm happy to have him around, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, actually, I, I changed my mind. I think he's probably going to end his career with more hits than anyone in the history of baseball. Even Ichiro? Even, each, even hit king each, Ichiro. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, India is probably going to be the best player, best well, best hitter in history, if you listen to Pete Rose fans. Uh, and I'm not, uh, you know, Pete Rose is Pete Rose, but uh, he was good. People act like he wasn't good. He was good. People now, now want to say because, you know, they don't like him personally. And because he's not an inner circle Hall of Famer. But India's probably not going to be. Last question about India here, and this is a viewer mail question from me to you, Chris Garber. All right. Jonathan India's full name is Jonathan Joseph India. Would you poo on him less... If he went by JJ India or Johnny India or <laughs> Joe India or Johnny Joe India, has he chosen the wrong moniker? That's my question. Jay John India. I, I I do think Johnny India would be pretty awesome in a, in a point break kind of way. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm fine with his name. I think, I think he's got a cool name. He's everything about him is cool, man. There's no doubt. No doubt. He's got the, he's got the flow. <sighs> Are you jealous of his hair? I am. Yeah, you know, so I, I don't, I, thank God this is a radio podcast, but <laughs> my hair, 
and my kids are finally learning this because you know it's popular now for the kids to to grow their hair out again. Oh yes, I know. As my son has demonstrated. And, yeah, and my kids are like looking at that and, and wanting to get into it, but my hair doesn't grow long. My hair just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I could let it grow for six months and it wouldn't touch my collar. It would just continue <laughs> to grow Oscar Gambley. Please do that. <laughs> no. Please. No, my son may may replicate it and give you a look at what it looks like, but it's not good. My son, you know, he's grown his out and not really out, but it's just it's curly, so his kind of gets bigger rather than longer, you know. Um, but uh, I always uh, think about when he was he was probably I don't know six years old maybe, and we were you know wrestling around in the on the living room floor as 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 we do with our uh with our kids and uh he's on my back and you know we're just goofing around and then he stops and he, he looks and he says he says dad your hair's falling off <laughs> it was rude wasn't it <laughs> falling off falling off i love it. it's cla- the classic family uh family tale, right? uh, that's great that's great uh, good old good old casey i love you buddy all right anything else you want to talk about other than max schrock not good i'm good i'm good <laughs> You'll get you next week on the Max Schrock podcast. Exactly. This is the TJ Antone cast. Next week's the Max Schrock cast. All right. Thank you all for listening. Uh, go find us everywhere you find podcasts. We're there. Wherever you find your best podcast for free, we're there. Um, they're just giving them away. So why not subscribe to us and, and, and give one to a friend, give one to a friend even. Yes. Uh, if you want to join us at Patreon, patreon.com slash red radio, feel free. We have a good time over there. It's a good time with the, you know, talking to the family and whatever. If you want to join us, good. If not, whatever. Screw you. Um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us, buddy. I hope always have a good time every time we get together. Thank you, sir. All right. We are Red Lake Nation Radio for Chris Garber and Max Schrock. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.